Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Jark Hill Joyner, Ole Miss basketball point guard, Oxford native. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions, and I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and affiliate of On3.com. Brad, what's up? What's up, man? What you up to, dude? Same old, same old. If you go to the Ole Miss Spirit right now, you'll get full extensive recruiting coverage. That's what I'm mostly doing. What are you doing? Not much, man. Just, um, you know, navigating through these markets here with, um, you know, they got the whole news came out today about, a, the, I guess, the first case of that new variant. And, um, you know, just have watching all the all the markets go to crap for the day. So, um, you know, just, just back to the old the old COVID destruction days. Wow. This got dark really fast. <laughs> uh, any, anybody that trades or knows anything about the markets, they know what I'm talking about today um, was a bloodbath. So um, yeah, not, not fun, but hopefully, hopefully they can get this under control and um, you know, we won't have another, another head towards, you know, the 2020. You were supposed to coach me up, teach me about how to invest. You never did that. I need. I feel like I owe you. We'll we'll get together and do it at some point. You just got to be. Um, yeah, you know, it's just so much to learn, man. So much studying. A um, lot goes into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're. Um, you can. You, you'll be able to get the basics pretty easily, though. All right. For a while there, you wanted me to invest in Dogecoin. Yeah, that one. That one early on when it was hot was okay. I I, I got in it and got out. I don't particularly care much for crypto um i do think it has a use in the future but i just don't um so good thing i didn't jump in well had you jumped in back back you know when it was hot there early in the year you'd have been okay but um yeah crypto is one of those things where it's just it's just hard to wrap your brain around it um you know especially get to the fundamental fundamentals of investing when you go to technicals and all that like i see there's a use in the future but i just don't I don't know, man. It's too, you know, you wake up one morning and it crashes and it's, you know, it's hard to, hard to put a handle on that. What are we even doing right now? We're like three and months that, into this thing and we're talking about investments. The own, the own three <laughs> investment, investment uh, podcast. Here yeah. we go. All right. Sure. If you had to buy stock right now and Lane Kiffin being Ole Miss head coach next year or Miami coach next year, what would you buy stock in? You like that? You like that? I like that transition there. I would say he's going to be old Mrs. Coach. Um, you know, I just – I don't think Miami's moved quick enough on this. But at the same time, man, I, I'm a little concerned there hasn't been a contract hashed out. Now, there's all kinds of rumors that, that it's been, you know, been there for him to sign all this. But, um, you know, just weird. It, it is a little odd that it's – you know, he's 10-2, and two, had a great season. You know, it doesn't – you know, I made a comment on the board – um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, uh, what's the holdup? And so I was like, well, he's busy with a game. Well, dude, like it, 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 how long would it take you if your, if your employer said, Hey, I'm going to double your salary. Um, 
and and give you a, a huge, you know, four year contract, whatever worth worth X. Would it would you would you have time to go in there and sign that? Like if you really wanted to stay at that job, um, yeah. I think he'd make time to do it. So um, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if they're, they're negotiating, whatever, but I'm hoping there's some news. That would be awesome news if, if we can get that hashed out for the bowl game. I think it would put um, – I think it would help out in recruiting too. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens here. You've heard nothing about any of that? No rumblings or anything? Ha- I have not. Uh, the only thing I've heard is that, that there was – you know, that, that they've been – you know, that, that there was a contract available. There yeah. was an offer made. So. Yeah. And which is the same thing everybody else has heard. I know Chuck said that he thought that you know that may not have been true, and then Keith kind of. No, they've been negotiating for seven weeks. Yeah, but here's the thing with that. Like I, I'm, I'm, I feel like that was. I know Keith said that, and I don't want to say Keith wasn't being honest, but if, if they weren't negotiating, do you think Keith would throw Lane under the bus and say, "Yeah, the contract's there. We're just waiting on him." Like he's not going to tell people regardless if it was there. Um, I know it was there. Know, or yeah, there was I, one. I don't know if it's a revision or whatever. It makes sense for Lane Kiffin to wait out this coaching cycle because before this coaching cycle, I think I said this on Wednesday's podcast with you, before this coaching cycle, the NFL had an average head coach salary of $6.5 million. There were only four coaches in college football making 6 and a half or more. Now there are eight. So whatever the offer was initially going in makes sense for Lane Kiffin if he's waiting to sign that contract to make sure that all these jobs are filled, reset the market, reset the number, and then renegotiate from there. And then it could potentially move quickly. Like Notre Dame, for example, according to Matt Zenitz of On3.com, the website that I write for, Marcus Freeman, the former defensive coordinator at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly, is about to be promoted or is or has been promoted to head coach, which is a great hire, I think dynamic recruiter he's ready for his first shot Notre Dame is one of the best jobs in the country it's awesome I love Marcus Freeman so now the big big jobs Miami could come open and we all know about the Ole Miss Lane Kiffin Miami potential drama but outside of Miami what's the big job left there isn't one Virginia Tech's filled up LSU's gone Florida Oklahoma that's obviously one no one knows exactly what Oklahoma is going to do. So it makes sense to at least maximize your leverage if this is your one big earning potential at Ole Miss as far as a contract. Yeah, I would agree, you know, um, but I think you're right. I don't think the the right job isn't open for him right now. And, um, you know, those would be, I would guess, you know, we're all assuming Miami, that's where he wants to be. But, like, you know, that's just all talk, you know. I mean, of course. But it's not, I, though. It's not, though. I mean that's well sourced. He's always been intrigued by Miami, always. Yeah, I I agree. But you know, at, at the end of the day, if you think about that job though, in general, like, what does he gain by going down? That's there? what I can't put together. Yeah, I can. That that's where that's where I'm struggling now. Now I understand. You know, he's close to us, probably closer to his home. He likes the water, all that. But you know, what do you gain by going to the ACC? The SEC is is only getting better. It's about to be the most powerful conference. It already is, but it's about to be uh, it, its own, uh, you know, half of an NFL itself with 14 teams. Um, dang near half NFL and, you know, the most powerful conference in, in America. I just don't. We just, just answered your own question. That's it. In the yeah. ACC, what do you got to deal with? Clemson? Yeah, it's just not. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could make him, you know, I guess he could go on the whole pitch of reviving the U and all that, but. Man, I just don't just get many, it because, like, what has Miami done since 2003? There's too much too much other stuff to do down there. I, I don't see it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that he is um, – I think he's the best fit in the state, right, where he's at and and keep uh, – keep you know, actually show that he can be somewhere, you know, show some longevity at a job and be there for a while. And, um, you know, later down the road, if, if you know, there's an opportunity and he wants to go, then, then so be it. But I think that um, – you know, showing a, a longer, longer tenure of success would, would be more beneficial to him than the job hopping one more time to Miami, which um, to me is just not, not a great job. Well, I bring it up not to recover or rehash old ground here, but Bruce Feldman, who I respect a lot, national college football reporter, one of the best in the business. Granted, he's attached Lane's name to literally every big job that has come open. LSU did not consider Lane Kiffin. USC did not consider Lane Kiffin. Oklahoma, I've heard nothing 
about Oklahoma considering Lane Kiffin, and yet he was included in Bruce's list of potential candidates at Oklahoma. And then Florida did not consider Lane Kiffin. But he said, in speaking to Colin Coward on Wednesday, quote, I think Lane would have a hard time saying no if Miami came after him. And then Coward said, Miami feels like Lane Kiffin. I think Brian Kelly looked like a Notre Dame football coach. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to mean. Brian Kelly, once he got out of the anger tunnel he was in, it kind of worked. Boston guy, Notre Dame, there are coaches that feel like schools. I get it because Miami's the party town. He's a single 40-year-old dude from Florida, loves Florida. Well, he's from, what, California? But his home now is Florida. Miami is the party capital of Florida. In all of those ways, yes, that makes sense. But it's a mess down there. I think the New Mexico State AD, or New Mexico, one or the other, the AD that was in contention for that AD job just pulled out. It's an absolute disaster down there right now. So if you're Lane Kiffin, and that does come open, and there are competing factions right now, some want to get the AD hired, give Manny Diaz one more year, he get the Clay Helton tre- treatment to where if he screwed up again, I almost said a bad word, if he screwed up again or lost a game or two, he would lose his job in September. And then there's another faction that says, do it now, move now, doesn't matter about the AD, need a new head coach. Lane Kiffin would bring that same kind of national exposure and name cachet to Miami that he did for Ole Miss immediately. The same reason why Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin applies to Miami. Instant credibility. He's a hired gun in that way. But if that were to happen and Lane Kiffin were to go there, I think that more and I'm not trying to speak ill of anybody because do what you want to do. I'm not knocking it, but it would more reflect poorly on Lane Kiffin, I think. Because it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a football standpoint outside of, okay, yeah, you only got to go through Clemson, but Miami? You're going to have to leave money on the table to go to Miami from Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to pay you more money. I don't think Miami can pay $8.5 million a year. Talking about those coaches that now make six and a half or more, Lane Kiffin will be one of those coaches. But everybody's talking about Miami like it's open. It's not open. And that's the biggest thing. It's not open, Brad. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just one of those things, man, where I, I think you're I think you'd be a little more concerned if it did if it did, you know, come open if Diaz did get fired. But um yeah, I just I, I don't know, man. I just don't I don't see it. If he were to go, it just wouldn't be a great move for him, honestly. I mean, I think he's got a good thing going here. Um, you know, and I think he needs, you know, some longevity at a place, you know, on his resume. And he's got the perfect opportunity to do it here. You know, he's had two great two two good seasons, you know, one really great season. Um, you know, you go and have a couple more good years. Um, it shows that hey, you know, you got. I just think it makes him look better as as a coach, and it looked like he's farther along in the process than, hey, it's another two years. I'm about to get another job. So, um, yeah, I, I just think I just see him staying in Oxford, but you know, you, you never can tell with him. He doesn't doesn't give away his hand very very often. I think Manny had three losses of three points or less this year. They could have won ten games. What's really put him back on the hot seat or? in this weird position that they're in, Manny Diaz in Miami is losing to Florida State. That's what changed everything because they've won five of their last six games, but the loss was to Florida State, and Florida State is terrible. So that's where this all comes from, and I get that, but I don't know. I just I don't see it. Uh, that's all you hear, though, because something I've heard over and over and over again was, Ben, he's not in contention for LSU, not in contention for Florida, all these jobs. If Miami comes open, that's definitely going to be a spot that would pursue Lane and Lane would be interested in the NFL. The NFL, I can completely see. It makes so much sense. And while I understand what people are telling me, and I take it seriously, especially those that have been right enough that you have to listen, I just can't connect the dots outside of what? Miami is the party capital of Florida, and this is a bachelor in his 40s, or he's dating a girl, but you know what I mean? It just fits his personality. That's kind of what Colin Coward was saying. He fits the Miami brand, whatever. I don't know. It's just a you know, really weird you know, connection to try to make. You know, stop all this talk is if he would just, if they would just yep. hash out a deal already. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's what's alarming. That's the only thing that's weird, man. It's like this deal should have been hashed out a long time ago. 
Like especially mid season when when we started, you know, you know when we were playing very well. Like why is this taking so long? The, and, and the only thing I can think of is it is it has been there for a while, and they've tried to get this done, and they want to get it done, but it's him waiting. That's I mean, I, to, to, you mean to tell me Keith Carter hasn't tried to get this deal done? You know, probably from mid season till till now. Yes, I don't know. Had, I don't know. But the thing is, is if if it's Keith Carter and he's trying to get the deal done, he's been negotiating against himself, right? So now we're talking about a job that's not open. Many think it will come open. Matt Zenitz, who broke the news that Marcus Freeman is now the new head coach at Notre Dame, was the one that reported on Wednesday, maybe it was Tuesday, that there's a really good chance, if not better than even chance, that Manny Diaz is retained. The job isn't open, but for the first time in this entire silly season, and even now it's still not open, but at least now there's something to negotiate for both sides. At least there's some leverage for both sides of it because these jobs have been filled, the market's been reset. But if you're Keith, what has been the threat, the real threat so far? There hasn't been one. Going to get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You know, all the bigger jobs have gotten filled, and um, you know it's time for time for the the deal to get either done or 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 you know maybe maybe he is waiting for that Miami job, but I don't know. Um, I'd like to see something get released here here soon so that we get everybody can put it to rest and we can move on to the bowl game, get focused on the bowl game, get focused on recruiting because. Um, you know, as good as we were this year at ten and two, there's a lot of holes on this team going into the off season. And um, if they aren't filled correctly, you could see a, a major drop off. Yeah, but Lane Kiffin has been an early adopter of the transfer portal. The game has completely changed in recruiting, and he saw that shifting landscape where it was going, and that's why they didn't take many commitments or pursue high school prospects in the same manner that you're used to seeing schools like Ole Miss and any school worth their salt do in previous seasons because now with the portal, you have college football free agency. So in a typical year, in another year, Devin Brown, four-star quarterback. I don't want to get into the specifics about Devin Brown because God knows that could enter dangerous territory for me. But Devin Brown was Ole Miss's top quarterback target on the board, and he committed to Ohio State on Wednesday. And that was a tough blow. Bizarre decision, too. 
Because if you look at that stacked quarterback room for Ohio State, I don't know what you're doing if you're Devin Brown, but hey, man, make the decision that's best for you, that you want to do, good for you. But C.J. Stroud, yours, and here, who would you be competing against? Luke Altmyer, and we both like him. We're not dismissing him. And then a transfer quarterback, be it Dylan Gabriel or Spencer Rattler, maybe. Harrison Bailey, Jack Miller, Miles Brennan. They're not going to sign Miles Brennan. He just doesn't make any sense. But you had a better or quicker or more realistic path to playing time immediately at Ole Miss than you did at Ohio State. Anyway, he commits to Ohio State. What what year is Stroud? Any like a redshirt freshman? Uh, uh, if that's freshman sophomore, if that's yeah. Case, if that's the case, he must have blindly picked a name out of the hat. Like that. Kid's I don't know. Very- I mean, you know how it is coming out of high school with these big name, highly ranked kids. They believe that it doesn't matter who's in front of them; they're better than that person. And until you get on campus and realize how much of a step up it. You played the sport. I'd, I haven't, dude. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But until you get on campus and see the step up in quality and level of play, all you're basing on is, is your own hubris. And I'm not knocking kids. You have to be cocky. You have to have a belief in yourself to succeed in this sport. So good on Devin Brown. I'm happy for him. Point being is that you can't really objectively look at all these options. You just can't do it. In a previous year, though, another year, Devin Brown committing to Ohio State when he was the number one quarterback on the board would be a devastating development for an Ole Miss that is, what, two weeks away from the early signing period doesn't have a quarterback committed? They want one high school and one transfer portal guy. But they know that the most realistic opportunity or the most realistic option for them to compete with Luke Altmaier next year is in the transfer portal. Running back, too. If Snoop, if Jerry Neely leave early, wide receiver, you're going to lose Braylon Sanders, Dontario Drummond. So even if you do lose those guys, Deion Smith's got to get in the portal, but I'm hearing more and more that it's a matter of when, not if, Deion Smith gets into the portal. So if that happens as expected, and then maybe you go get another transfer wide receiver, well, then you're just reloading. Zach Evans at running back with Henry Parrish, Dylan Gabriel, whoever, Deion Smith, you're just reloading. So yes, recruiting isn't the same, but you have to view it differently. Everything we know about recruiting is different now. Yeah, I, I think another thing you hang your head on too is you know we did we did have the that really good receiver class last year that I think they strategically redshirted a lot of those guys this you year. You think so? You to, don't think there was anything else to it? Well, I think there. I, I just think the guys in front of them they they, they weren't going to get snaps over the the, the main three, um, and then when those three were hurt, you had some some older guys with a little more experience, and I think that when you look at it, they were like, you know, we, we they threw him in there every now and then. I mean, I saw J.J. Henry run around. He looked very impressive doing it. But I think their their thought is, hey, if we can have all these guys as redshirt freshmen, you know, next year and say they start contributing and they become their own big three, well, then you got them for three more years after that, you know, so. Didn't it um, used to now, be that way? You wanted to redshirt your freshman? Yeah, I mean, if you could. If you if you could, you start, I mean, Eli Manning was redshirted. Oh, my so, God, Eli was redshirted. So think about that. Yeah, that used to be a big thing. Like, hey, I, I want to, you know, if I can get a free year of this guy playing college football and then get it for four years after that, that was a big deal. You yeah, know, but nowadays, most kids leave early now. Yeah, but but here's the thing with this whole leaving early thing. Like, there's it's a small percent chance that you make it, and there's an even smaller percent chance that you're actually worth the crap when you get there. So, but, you know, I get it. You know, they're, they're, the elite guys leave early. Do your thing. But, but the early portals changed it too, man. Like the portals given. changed it too. No, I I agree. Yeah, that, well, that's that's the whole mindset now. Hey, I can just go somewhere else. But that's assuming that every school, you know, there's a bunch of schools out there willing to take you. Some guys are going to get left out. Kiffin has touched on this. You're going to leave. You're going to get in the portal. You're going to be, you know, go. I'm cool. I'm get out of here. Well, you're going to get out there and you're going to have, you know, Texas State and UT San Antonio that's going to want you or something like that. You know, you're going to be leaving a a situation that you know where you had a chance to play in the SEC. So. Um, yeah, for some guys that does work out and that's a correct move, but not for every guy, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it's, I think that, um, you know, in the, as you're touching on the portal, um, the, what makes me nervous about, which I, I like the portal. I think it's huge. It worked out great for us, but that's assuming that we hit all those guys and all those guys come here and are, and are very productive, you know? So that's, that's why I think that, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm excited to see us get, get rolling and start landing some of these guys. So we can start filling some of these holes instead of hypothetically filling them, you know? So uh, assuming, assuming you miss out on a few portal guys you thought you're going to get, and then you, know, you shorthand it. So, um, that's why I'd like to get, you know, us to get going on that and get, um, start getting those spots filled. So, so we know, cause I think that next year, um, we, we certainly have to hit the portal this year. Very, we have to hit on all those to, to have a successful season next year. So, um, the portal is going to be very important for us. There aren't questions about that though in the NFL. You don't see that. If your Chicago Bears went out there and signed Allen Robinson and I don't know, Kirk Cousins, maybe a tight end, maybe an offensive lineman like Bobby, no one's thinking, oh, well, they got to be productive. That's what this is. It's free agency. Yeah, but you're talking, you're talking about that's, that's something totally different. You're, they're in the NFL because they are elite players. The portal is is thousands of of you know college players. Um, it, it, some yeah, like of them are some really productive dudes get in there now. Really, productive. yeah, no, 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 I agree. There there are some, but that's um, you know that's not every one of them is, and not every one of them is going to be. You know what I mean? So um, you want to make sure you land land ones that are. But I, I, I would I would argue that not every portal player has has worked out you know super great. You look at a JT Daniels, like he was. A, transfer to Georgia to be a starting quarterback. They end up going with the Bennett kid instead, um, sets a minute and, you know, he, he he's rode the bench, you know, as supposed to, you know, supposed to be a productive, really good player, which I think he probably could start for somewhere. Well, but I could also point to Joe Burrow. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's stories on both sides. Absolutely. But every kid that enters the portal, there's no, they're not all productive. You only hear the stories of the ones that are, but it's not a red flag for you that when all those wide receiver injuries happened, these kids weren't playing. No, I, I, I just don't think that, um, I don't think that's Lane's style, man. I don't think he was going to throw those kids in there. But he moved Miles Battle over from defense back to offense. It's just bizarre. It was weird. Yeah, I know. I think, I think it has, has to do with, uh, um, you know, give me your learn the offense. Um, you know, I think talent wise that they, they were there. I think they were good. Um, I just don't think he was going to throw a, a, th- a true freshman in there. At that time, because I mean, yeah, I think you had you had John Rice, you had you had some other guys, you had Dennis Jackson, you had Jaden Jackson, you had guys that have been there. So, um, were those freshmen better than them talent wise? Maybe, but maybe they weren't as far along in the playbook as um, as you need to be. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think those guys, I think you'll see those guys, um, the Buck Halter, you know, Brown and um, Henry. I think you'll see them them pop up this year and be be in there quite a bit. I could buy Henry and Brown more than Buckhalter right now. But my question is this. How long does it take, or at what point do you go, it's no longer them being true freshmen, concerned about the playbook? Can they get in there and do what they're supposed to do? When does that stop? Well, you'd like to see them after. You'd like to see them start getting some getting Like some October? Um, you talking about during? Yeah, during like this. in a season. For a true freshman, when are they no longer considered? Because they always talk about this, coaches and players, when you interview them. They're not a true freshman. We don't consider them a true freshman anymore. Well, when does that happen? Yeah, I think that I think you later in the year. I think later in the year. Now they get there a little earlier, so it's probably it's probably earlier than when, when I used to be there. But I think that um, you know, later in the year, really, really you need that first year in college, man. You're coming from high school. Um, it just does. I mean, it's just a totally different world. I mean, it, from, for some of these kids, you don't realize how big of a jump it is. It is a totally different world compared to what they learn in high school and stuff. So kind of got to get over that first year. I think you need a, a full first year to, um, to, to kind of get through it. And some of the guys can, can get on the field early and, and are elite freshmen like the Tashim Johnson, you know, they probably picked it up a little quicker, but you got to realize we're a 10 and two team. It's not like we're some crappy team where we have to throw freshmen out there. We have guys here that could play that that are good. It, it's not like they came to a team that 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 had a bunch of spots available. You know, there there's kind of most roles are already carved out before a lot of these guys got here. Now the defense side of the ball, that's probably where somebody could fill in, like like Tashim. But offensively, I mean, they returned most of the guys from last year that were pretty productive. So there wasn't a whole lot of roles to be given out, and and you definitely weren't going to force a freshman in there to, to make a huge mistake. Um, you know, in a big moment when a season when you're when you're fighting for a playoff spot. I think you've told me this before. What was your welcome to college moment? Uh, I mean, I had multiple ones, but um, you know, I would say you know there was there was a time in the in the IPF where we did pass rush. Um, 
you know, like as, as a first year guy being there, we didn't do any kind of pass block in the high school. And, you know, we're doing one-on-ones versus, you know, Marcus Tillman, Kentrell Lockett, stuff like that. Um, you know, moments like that were pretty, um, pretty eye popping. Um, there's probably multiple ones I could think of, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, you just, when you get, when you start doing stuff that versus experienced guys that are older, um, you kind of realize, man, I gotta, gotta really get better at this or, um, you know, it's just not going to work out, but I had coach O my first year. So, um, oh that, that was way more than a welcome to, to, <laughs> to, to the sec. So that, that year was, um, I would say after that year, I never, never thought football was hard again after that year. That was the, the one year where I was like, I, I couldn't believe how hard, um, you know, a step up from football was, but after that it was, it was all downhill. I mean, I thought it was, Nothing ever compared to that season. Maybe the Greg Schiano year um, in Tampa when I tried out in camp. That was pretty brutal, but nothing nothing ever compared to the, the Coach O years. I've always wondered this because I've talked to a lot of guys about it, and many say different things. Depends on how you felt about Coach O as a player. Dexter loved Coach O. Jarrell Poe yeah. loved Coach O. A lot of them didn't. I don't want to name names here. Not that I really care, because who cares about Ed Orgeron at this point? But had Ed O been retained for another year, do you think there'd have been a mass exodus of players? Um, I think there would have been some guys go. I do think that um, we would have been better. But at the end of the day, man, it's it's nothing against Coach O. He's a, he's a good like recruiter, good motivator, but he 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 can't coach. Like he can't coach a, he can't, he's not a head coach. Like he, he did very well. He won the national championship at LSU because he had good coordinators around him. If he would have done that at Ole Miss. And he had inarguably one of the best quarterbacks in college football history for a single season. Yeah. So it, had he done that at Ole Miss, had he let the coordinators do their thing, I think he would have lasted longer, but, um, but he, he didn't. And I think he, he went on later to say, Hey, like that kind of had to learn that. Um, I think he kind of, kind of ran the whole show and I just don't think he's really built for that. But, but as a recruiter and, and a, and like a coach, like a position coach motivator, I think he, he was phenomenal, but you know, I was a freshman. He was here. So I was low on the totem pole and he was, you know, brutal to the freshmen. So my opinion on him is probably not like a lot of the older guys. He's living his best life now. $20 million, not going to coach in the bowl game, taking his girlfriend to Destin for weeks, probably good for him. <laughs> That's a perfect yeah. Ed Orgeron spot to go. Yeah, I'm not, quote, fired. I am uh, mutually parting ways with LSU. Well, what are you going to do, Coach O? Oh, I'm going down to this. Take my little 25-year-old grip. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's living it up. He did his thing. He, he Gene Chizik. I just choked myself up doing Ed Orgeron. Holy cow. <laughs> I had to mute myself because I was, I was choking myself. How does that man talk like that? Holy cow. He hit that Gene Chizik and he ran. It was awesome. Good for him. If you could pick Ed Orgeron, I'm still choked. Ed Orgeron or Gene Chizik, who would you take to coach your team right now? You had to pick one of the two. Ugh. Yeah, um, that's well, gross. I, well, I, I would take Ed just because. I would too. I would too. So he'd recruit some talent there. Then that would, that would set us up. So whoever gets eligible. So Brian. It was it Brian Kelly or Brian? It's not Chip. I get him and him and Chip. I'm confused. So Brian Kelly goes to LSU. There's no telling what kind of talent's actually there. He's probably gonna get there and lose his mind. He's gonna be like, "Oh my goodness!" Um, it's gonna. I think he'll be. A, I think he'll be a quick winner there potentially, just just because of what he's about to inherit. So you like that fit? I don't necessarily. I, you know how you know how he was saying that you don't see like Brian Kelly just doesn't look like an LSU coach to me. Like I, I feel don't the see same LSU way. Yeah, him. man. Like I don't see that. Yeah. Like he was Notre Dame. Like I, I certainly see he's he's a Notre Dame, maybe a a Michigan type. Like well, now we're I doing just, the Colin Coward thing where he looks like this coach or doesn't look like that coach. I don't yeah, think I buy he, that dude, too much. He doesn't look like an LSU coach. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. So now I'm starting to kind of feel or at least understand what Colin Coward was getting at. But I think Colin Coward's terrible. Like yeah, like like the, yeah. the the difference in I don't know how to say this correctly, but the difference in, in a Notre Dame player and LSU player, like it's going to be a a, a uh, it's going to be a culture shock. I think, I think it's going to be a different, um, you know, it's going to be a different atmosphere for him. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I play with Notre Dame guys and I play with LSU guys and LSU guys are, you know, talk a lot of crap, play, you know, there, there's some physical good ball. Notre Dame's kind of, there's some, those dudes are a little different now. They're, they're, 
you know, a lot of those guys were there for school. So hmm. I don't know. How so, Brad? What do you mean? Hmm. What are you trying it, to say, Brad? It that, that's a different mindset between Notre Dame and LSU players. I'll okay. say that. I play I play with a lot of Notre Dame players. I play with a lot of LSU players. Notre Dame would be, um, you know, Alex Bars. You know, I play with Michael Floyd. I play with a bunch of them. I played with just LSU. say it. You think Notre Dame's soft? Just say it. They're they're a little bit softer than than the LSU kids. So uh, I, I think that um, he'll be handling he'll be handling some some stuff he probably have to handle at Notre Dame. Well, I reported this on Tuesday on the Ole Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com and FleetOfOne3.com that if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, Alabama's probably, if not all but assured, to go to the Sugar Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, that would mean that Ole Miss would be positioned for the Peach Bowl. Ole Miss opened the year in Atlanta. They go back to Atlanta, I think, next year. And the Peach Bowl would love Ole Miss, but if they could do something different, they would prefer to go that route just because of how often Ole Miss has been to Atlanta or is going to be going to Atlanta. That means that the Fiesta Bowl is in play, and there's already been some conversations, some interest shown from the Fiesta Bowl. And since we're talking about Notre Dame, they're intrigued by Ole Miss-Notre Dame as a matchup in the Fiesta Bowl. Would that fire you up? That would be – I would be very excited about the Fiesta Bowl, and that's because I have an Arizona background. Um, that matchup makes me so much more excited than a, than an Ole Miss and Pitt or an Ole Miss and Wake Forest matchup. That, to me, just makes my, my brain hurt. We have a great season. and That's like the last – those two teams just don't do it for me. Dude. I, I love I the want, Peach Bowl, though. I do. Yeah, but what, if, would you like to play Wake Forest no. in the Peach Bowl? After no. The, do? No. No. There's not a soul out here that would want to see I'd that. want to see Ole like, Miss and Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Well, well I, I mean, why can't – yeah, we should just do it, and do it. They can do it in the Peach Bowl. I don't care what bowl it is. I just don't want to play Pitt or Wake Forest. I don't think anybody so you don't care about to, the Fiesta. You just want the matchup. Yeah, I want the matchup. That's what I, I – I mean, even – dude, I would take any – I think – You just don't want Oklahoma State. You just don't want Oklahoma State. You know what? After watching them, I, I actually don't want They're them good. from a matchup standpoint. Yeah, they're good. Their quarterback, it's like our worst nightmare. They play good defense and their quarterback can run. Like, we struggle with those teams. Um, I, I don't Yeah, I don't want to play yeah, them. One, but Ole Miss always of, beats Oklahoma State in bowls. I mean, let's be real. I don't care how good they are. They, I'm being a little be, facetious here. They've the last three times, but I don't want to play them. I, I don't um, I don't care for that matchup. But I, I'm telling you, the, the Oklahoma, Ohio State, or Notre Dame would be a phenomenal Ole Miss matchup. You played in Arizona. Fiesta Bowls in Phoenix. What will we do? Where will we stay? I think you would stay in Scottsdale area, um, probably Old Town area. Well, you're going with me, or I'm going with you. Uh, we're, I would bring the whole crew out there for that. I got a lot of ties there, so I would. I you know. know. I would hope that you would like you'd set have, me up in some way. You'd have amazing weather. You have great golf. You would have. Um, I the suck field. at golf, Brad. You know that. But the stadium, the stadium's amazing. It's indoor. Like it's it's just a cool. It'd be a cool atmosphere I, I know it would probably be a little expensive you know flying all the way out there doing all that but um it would be a it'd be a neat deal for Ole Miss to do it David Brent my buddy who covered Ole Miss for the Jackson Clarion Ledger forever he's out there working for the AP in Phoenix if you're listening to this you're not but if you are I'm staying on your couch because Brad just won't put me up in the penthouse apparently like what the hell well I don't own anything out there I just I just go out there a lot so um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's good it's good stuff the biggest name you golfed with while in Phoenix was who? Um, biggest name golf with in Phoenix. I mean, me and Fitz play a lot of golf together. I played with um If he'd have won the Heisman over Eli, I'd have been fine. It's because it was Jason White. I'm never gonna let this go. Yeah, I don't know. I played with some cool people, man. I mean, I really have. I can't can't think out there. I mean, that you've all you're always playing with somebody, um, Somebody need out there. I mean, I played. I played around Ricky Fowler before. What? Um. In wait, what? Yeah, I played. I played eighteen holes with Ricky. Okay, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. We just don't skip over that. All right. Everybody's learning about this, including me, in real time here. So wait, you play with Ricky Fowler? Y'all like on a first name basis? Um. No, but that day we were. I hosted them so that I was a member of a course out there where there's like 115 members, and uh-huh. you had to have a member host. So. Um, they, he called me, I was always like the young member. So he would call me, um, and, um, they would say, Hey, I got so-and-so coming to town. You want to host one? One day it was Ricky Fowler. And like a week later it was like Will Smith. So I actually, Will Smith, who Will Smith? 
the actor, Will Smith. Like Will Smith, the Fresh Prince? Yes, I played Will Smith as well. This is what I'm talking about. I ask you the biggest name, and you're like, oh, well, Larry Fitzgerald. Of course you played with Larry. You played with him in football. Ricky Fowler and Will Smith, the Fresh Frickin' Prince. And now I learn about this as we're recording. What in the world? So if we go out to Phoenix, and we're there for the Fiesta Bowl to cover Ole Miss, right? And you get a call from Ricky Fowler. Am I going to be able to go play, and how bad would it be for me? Well, I don't know if I would personally get a call from Ricky Fowler, but yeah, just just play this I out. Did host a, um, he was an unbelievable golfer. I'll say that, as we all know. But a casual, you know, playing with someone like that makes you realize how you think you're a good amateur golfer, but you're not even. Like he had his hat backwards, like with some music on, just just ripping birdies. I mean, I think he shot 64 and wasn't even really like grinding over it. Um, oh my God! But yeah, he was. It was impressive. Then we hung out on the range. You know, he had his. He he had his driver. He had all this crazy stuff done to his driver. He was showing me. It was it was cool. It was a cool day. Um, we and we both eagled the last hole, par five. Um, both eagles. So I thought it was pretty cool to eagle a hole in front of him. But um, yeah, cool cool stuff, man. I, I played. Got got very very blessed. I was lucky to play golf with some. Okay, yeah, people. cool. That's sweet. But like, when I played with you the last time. I hated myself, hated myself. So if I hated myself playing with you and you were feeling some type of way playing with Ricky, golly, I would have an existential crisis in real time on a golf course. Well, well, think about this. He's small. So I, I'll actually send you the picture when I get off here um, that we took the day we played. Please, because I am so- shook right now. Like I am legit shook. He was so much smaller than me, but he was out driving me by like 15 yards. And I'm not, I'm not short by any means. No, like you're I big hit guy. It ways, but like he hits it like on a, on a whole nother planet and he's tiny. So I was like that, that's what was shaking me up. I'm like, I don't really play with many people that hit it that much longer than me. Um, but he was like, like, that's why I was like, dude, what is, what do you have in your club? Like he was blasting the ball, but it just goes to show you how much better they are. The pros are. So are you and the Fresh Prince best friends? No, I just hosted the guys. Just so pretend we, we got, like you are. Just yeah, man. I got to hang out with him for a day. That one was interesting. Now he was um, very nice guy. Like like <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was yeah, he was a cool guy. I, I host them, but you know all those all those guys are. Um, you know, when you meet them, they just it's just totally different. You're used to you're like you used to seeing them as an actor. But then you meet him, you like me, like the actual person, and he's like totally different than what what you would think. Yeah, I had dinner with Justin Timberlake, and it was back when Shaq got traded from the Lakers to the Heat, and we argued for an hour about how Shaq was making a mistake. I was saying he was making a mistake, and he was arguing for D Wade. So yeah, it was just like two dudes. That was interesting because Emily's yeah. sitting there, my wife, then my girlfriend at the time. She's sitting there, just frozen, and I'm making fun of the fact of like, dude, how could you talk? It's Kobe and Shaq was a dynasty, and he's like getting worked up. D Wade. There's no recovering this podcast now. We're just going to have to go to Jarko. There's like no way I can come back from this. I had no idea this was a story that you had. No clue. Uh, I got some I got some crazy ones, man, when it comes to golf. I've, I've played with some people. I want to know about the NFL parties. I don't, I, dude, I was, I've was i always married with kids. My parties were, um, I mean, I think Chuck I said it in an interview. <laughs> yeah, my parties were like, what are you going to do after this big win? Well, I'm going to go get in our family minivan. I'm going to ride home and listen to kids bop, and then we're going to put them to bed. Like, that's what that's what my NFL partying was. So, um, I, didn't, I didn't do the – I was way past that point when I when I got to the NFL. All right, so you want Ole Miss and Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl? Yes. that I think that I think that would have Ole Miss fans so excited. I think a lot of Ole Miss fans would – you know, I hate we're in this time where, you know, we had the whole pandemic all that, but I think Ole Miss fans would, would stretch their budgets to, to make that trip. And you think Lane Kiffin's going to be the head coach at Ole Miss next year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think that, um, yeah, I think there'll be a deal hashed out here. Um, I, I think I would be more shocked if he left than I would be if he, you know, yeah, I, I would be really shocked if, if he left compared to, you know, if he were to stay. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, 
leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. Sign up right now for the most comprehensive recruiting coverage around and all of the team stuff that you're used to getting and used to reading. It's right there on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3. You can sign up for a seven-day free trial and cancel any time to go to the Ole Miss Spirit. Coming up now on the Modern Woman phone line is Jarkel Joyner, Ole Miss basketball point guard. Before we jump to him, got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, man. Howdy, toddy. Let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vault Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He is not Jarkel Joyner. Interview fell through. He's Zach Barry. We both cover recruiting for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. You know, some people have said that I do resemble Jarkel Joyner in the uh, National Men's League that I play in. Um, can, you, can you play basketball? Or are you just saying you can play basketball? No, I, I'm not a great basketball player. I'm just your typical uh, – I hustle a lot. Um <laughs> Bring your you bring your lunch pail. Heart's bigger than your body. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yet, you know, at this point, man, thirty three years old, I make a lot of business decisions out there now. Um, playing in a pretty competitive men's league, and there's dudes out there that can play. And uh, if they're if they're trying to get to the rack, I, I'm I'm getting out the way. Yeah. Just say that. So, You're just trying to get yours. Yeah, Every I'll, once in a while, you pick and pop, catch a ball, shoot a three, make yeah, it, and exactly. you've had a day. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slap the floor, but I'll play some <laughs> play some man defense. I'll I'll lock you down. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not Jarkel Joiner. Can, can't confirm. 
Jarkel will be on this podcast at some point, but I haven't heard back on this Thursday morning, and it's time to post this podcast because Brad and I talked on Wednesday night. So with the recruiting weekend coming up, that's pretty big. The first one of back-to-back weekends leading up to the first day of the early signing period, December 15th. What do we know for sure about this weekend? So what we have reported on the site, uh, I'm sure many of you have seen it, on spirit on 3.com. A lot of commitments are in town for their official visits, just kind of putting a putting a bow on their recruitment for 2022. Uh, Jeremiah Dillon will be in town, the wide receiver uh, from Mississippi. Almost went in home to uh, speak with him this week to kind of ensure that everything was uh, was full go. Um, he will be in town. Another wide receiver from Mississippi, Larry Simmons. He will also be in town for his official visit. And uh, Jacarius Clayton. The, uh, the edge defender from Tupelo is uh, also going to be in town. And then, uh, let's say, not a commitment, a uh, former commitment, Bryson Hurst coming in town. Um, there was, you know, conflicting reports, sources, whatever you want to call it, on what happened with him. Um, some were saying that it was a mutual decision. Some were saying that uh, he was possibly looking to go elsewhere. I didn't say that. Uh, but I, I didn't spoke- say it was a mutual decision. <laughs> But I spoke with Bryson after it happened, and then a couple of weeks after, um, he said that it was not mutual. He said just wanted to kind of take a step back and reevaluate, make sure that he was making the right decision for him. That's um, where you also say, Ben, you were right. Yeah. This is my podcast today. This is mine. So say, Ben, you're right. Technically, you can frame the narrative however you want. You can always be right. Um, That's true. But, yeah, so I, I think he just kind of wanted to double-check. I mean, these are – Teenagers make some rash decisions here and there. I don't think it was a rash decision by him to pick Ole Miss initially, but I think he's just wanting to do his due diligence. Um, Terrell Buckley went in home to see him uh, earlier this week, and he will be in town as well. Outside of that, um, the word is that the UCF transfer quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, will possibly be in town this weekend to uh, meet with Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, and the rest of the offensive staff to discuss a uh, potential transfer to Oxford. I, uh, I, I've gone out and said that I, I think that it's a really good shot that Ole Miss lands him. Um, it, all the reasons that we put in our uh, signing day superlatives post today, I think it just makes far too much sense uh, for him to uh, not pick Ole Miss. And I haven't really heard, I don't know about you, I haven't heard anywhere else that he could potentially go. Um, when he initially got in the portal, there are obviously rumors um, or I would think rumors just reports that Tennessee might be a landing spot um, just because of Josh Heupel is a former head coach at UCF. I don't really know if that would be a landing spot. Um, it's no secret that there was a bit of a, a disagreement, if you will, with how Heupel left UCF. Um, Dylan Gabriel wasn't exactly happy with it. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're not friends at all and they despise each other. I don't know. But uh, I, I wouldn't think, at least I haven't heard anything about him looking at going to Knoxville. I think right now all signs point to Oxford. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think that that should make you feel pretty good with uh, all the ebbs and flows of the coaching carousel and Jeff Levy could potentially be leaving. Oklahoma could be um, interested in bringing him on as an OC whenever they make their head coaching hire. I think it's going to be Brent Venables. Um, but, yeah, so that's – pretty much where things are at right now. You reported at Owen Spirit that uh, there's also another quarterback possibility, um, a quarterback visit possibility, I should say, this weekend. Um, still not sure, but uh, Jacuri Brown um, from Lowndes, Georgia, the Miami commit, uh, could potentially. Uh, there were reports out there, the Miami Herald said that uh, he's solid with Miami, but he might want to take a visit just to be sure. Um, he was not exactly happy with Rhett Lashley leaving. He really liked Lashley's offense and liked him as a coach and seemed to be eager to get there in Coral Gables to work with him as his uh, position coach. He has gone to SMU to be their new head coach. Um, Miami went in home with him. Manny Diaz and a couple staffers did. I'm pretty sure that was intentional to uh, shore up their quarterback commit, make sure that he was still on board, um, which he could still very – very well be on board and could sign with Miami in a couple weeks, but uh, that's at least what we're hearing right now. He could be in town for a visit, um, but that's 
pretty much it right now. It's out of the, uh, you know, just a very normal laid back, non crazy NCAA transfer portal. Uh, you know, you know how that goes. It's very laid back. Nothing too frenetic or crazy right now. You really try with the sarcasm. I'll give you credit for that. I tried. You tried. Um, yep. But yeah. Gave it a shot. You swung hard. All right, so I don't want to rehash the Ole Miss football recruiting superlatives article that was almost 2,000 words that we posted today. So if you want to go check that out, it's on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and fillitofon3.com. If you haven't signed up, you can get a seven-day free trial, and you can cancel any time. But it's the best, I think, I'm biased, recruiting coverage you can find on Ole Miss out there. So if you want to go check that out, please do. I don't want to rehash it, though. If you had to pick or had to rank three uncommitted players, doesn't matter if it's high school, JUCO, transfer portal, three uncommitted players you feel most confident about for Ole Miss right now, who would they be? I would probably Davison Igbenosan, number one. I think that um, Ole Miss has kind of weathered that storm there in terms of uh, Rutgers was really coming on hard despite um, he decommitted, opened things back up. Uh, Greg Schiano uh, and that staff have been working him hard. His brother plays at Rutgers, so there's a not only a hometown feel, but a family feel, literally and figuratively there. Um, Tennessee was coming on. I took an official visit there. And then Cincinnati also uh, was making a run at him to try to see if they could sway him to uh, join Luke Fickle in their uh, talented defense in the Queen City. But I think Ole Miss is going to end up landing him in a couple weeks right now. Sources around New Jersey and the Ole Miss program are telling me that they think that they are going to uh, receive some good news on December 15th. Outside of him, I would probably say – you alluded to it in the post, and it's a name that we haven't heard much about, and I think it's mostly because this time of year with playoffs and senior seasons ending, a lot of prospects will kind of put recruiting on the back burner and, you know, log off, so to speak. Um, but I think Tyler Banks, I think Ole Miss is in a good spot for him, the linebacker out of Virginia – uh, he's a, uh, I call him a linebacker because that's what Ole Miss is recruiting him as, but he does a little bit of everything at Nottaway High School, plays some tight end. He's even played some receiver, uh, a really impressive athlete. Um, but he's going to end up playing linebacker before it's all said and done, um, at the next level. And I think Ole Miss is in a good spot to land him. Who <sighs> outside of that, um, Hmm. You're really making me think because, I mean. I'm just curious if you're going to say Percy Lewis. Yeah. that Yeah, and I draw a complete blank on him. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Percy Lewis there. I think, um, you know, he no-showed a visit. I think everybody thought, oh, well, headed to Mississippi State, and I think all signs were pointing that way. Ole Miss was able to um, clear that up going home, talk with him, talk with his family. Uh, I think that they, the plan that they laid out with, with Jake Thornton, the offensive line coach, and the rest of the staff was, look, we're losing three starters, possibly four, if Jeremy James were to test the NFL waters. I think he'll be back. But they're losing Ben Brown, they're losing Nick Broker, and they're losing Orlando Omana. They need not only some guys to come in and play, but they need some beef. They need some, they need some big bodies to play in the SEC up front. And Percy Lewis is a guy that I think is – it's kind of tailor-made to come in and, and, and play right away. He's a big body. I think he's versatile enough to play either guard or right tackle. Um, if Jeremy James were to come back, and I think he will, I think he naturally slides over to left tackle. But, uh, but Percy Lewis is a big dude. Um, Oregon's been after him hard, uh, even though he decommitted. And then Mississippi State, obviously, has been recruiting him well. But that, that's probably a good solid three right there uh, with Percy Lewis, Davison Igbenosan, and, uh, and Tyler Banks. Here's one for I you, wanted, something we haven't done before. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Go. Well, I was going to say, the only other one, and I don't exactly have a feel because, again, recruiting, back burner, state championships, Jordan Allen, a defensive back from uh, Lafayette Christian Academy. They just defeated Arch Manning and Isidore Newman last week to get to the state championship again. I think Ole Miss is, is battling there with Louisville, Miami, and now, now Georgia's entered the proverbial chat and uh, are kicking the tires there. But uh, Ole Miss seems to, as of now, at least feel pretty good about their chances, at least to be in his top two or three. 
Um, they really like his ability uh, to play at the line of scrimmage and cover in space. Um, he's another one of those defensive backs that are athletic, long, can run, and they want to bring them in because they think they can play year one like a Tysheem Johnson uh, type defender. Uh, they're going to lose some guys, Jake Springer, Otis Reese. So they're going to need some athletic dudes to come in and play in that three two six. And Jordan Allen is a dude that could certainly do that. Um, but right now, I, he, he's been so quiet. He hasn't done a lot of interviews. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, he's playing in the state championship game on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, he would probably be outside looking in that top three, probably be in the four spot in terms of who I feel good about for Ole Miss. But yeah, that's a really good top three that, that we just listed. Here's one for you. We haven't done this. We haven't covered this. Zach's most wanted of this class is who? I mean, I think the obvious one here is is Jaheim Otis. Uh, he's the runaway. Over Dylan Gabriel, over Zach Evans. Doesn't matter. Juco transfer uh, high school is Jaheim Otis for I you. Portal, I didn't know if Portal was included. It's um, included. It's your world, man. The, the world is your oyster. This podcast is your oyster. Okay, if Portal is included, I will put close now. I'd put Dylan Gabriel slightly over Zach Evans. I still think that Ole Miss is going to have a solid running back room in 2022. Um, Regardless of if anyone gets in the portal, there's going to be at least one or two guys still there to tote the rock. And they're bringing in Quinshawn Jukins, who Kevin Smith absolutely loves could be a guy that plays day one or at least, you know, comes in and spells a Henry Parrish or a Jerry Neely or Snoop Connor, whoever's still there, uh, could definitely play. But, yeah, I would say Gabriel just because of everything that I've said before in my breakdown article and stuff we put in the thread, stuff we have already talked about. He knows the offense. He's familiar with Levy, what he wants from a quarterback. And I think that giving you the ability to bring in a guy – that has been there, done that at a high level. Now it's group of five level, but still it played in a really good group of five program and a good group of five conference. I think the, to be able to not, you know, quote unquote, skip a beat after Matt Corral goes to the NFL. Now Dylan Gabriel's not the same type of quarterback that Matt Corral is. Not many people are, but I think that that would really give Ole Miss a, uh, a good head start the next season to be able to uh, keep the momentum going of this big 2021 season where they win 10 games for the first time ever and go to a New Year's Six Bowl. So Dylan Gabriel slightly ahead of Zach Evans, and then I'd put Otis at three. Devin Brown committing to Ohio State and not picking Ole Miss, how big of a hit is that? I mean, it's a, it's a big hit. Um, I mean, he was their runaway number one target at quarterback for a high school player. Um Extremely talented, uh, broke what seems like every record in Utah for a quarterback, um, almost won a state championship. And uh, it sucks that after all of that and finally decommits from Southern Cal and he seemingly down to picking either Ole Miss, Texas, or Ohio State, uh, you know, we kind of laid it out on the board and it looked to be pretty clear cut that it was going to be something like, well, you know, it, the quarterback rooms at, at each school, you know, kind of look to be something that's going to benefit Ole Miss because of how deep the room is at a Texas or Ohio State. And, you know, Ole Miss is basically, well, we're, we're you know, Matt Corral's leaving. And then we've got Luke Altmeyer who's going to compete for the starting job. And uh, but that's it. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, cast any doubt on Ken K. Dent being involved in the uh, quarterback competition. He's not. I, he's I, not. I would, he's not. I would, <laughs> I would say that Devin Brown would have a better shot. Um, but, yeah, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it, it's a bummer. Because, um, like I said, uber talented. Um, you know, Jeremy Crabtree, Jeremy Johnson, Chad Simmons with the national guys in on three had said that he was arguably the – you know, one of the top uncommitted 2022 prospects available. Um, and, you know, it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, I, I was texting you last night. Um, he kind of sent out a cryptic tweet that neither you nor I could figure out. And then uh, <laughs> up and committed to Ohio State. So um, it wasn't like it was a big lead up where he was 
doing interviews, talking to people, telling them that Ohio State had a slight lead. It was none of that. It was just kind of out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, anytime you're in the running for a uh, four-star, French five-star prospect and you're unable to land them, it's uh, it's a bummer. But, um, but, yeah, like I mentioned in the thread this morning with Dylan Gabriel, if he were to land at Ole Miss, I think that that's uh, obviously a quote-unquote good consolation prize because of his three years of eligibility left and he – knows the offense that Ole Miss runs. We know that they're going to add a transfer quarterback. Do they add a high school quarterback in this cycle? You know, I touched on that in the thread this morning. I think, and this is just my opinion, <clears throat> I haven't spoken with anybody on staff or anybody around the program, but I think if you're able to land Dylan Gabriel because he's not just a one-stop type guy, you know, one year off the NFL, <clears throat> he has the potential to play a couple years before he leaves. Um, I think that that kind of gives you some flexibility there to where if you don't have someone from the high school level that you absolutely love at quarterback, you really don't have to take one. I think that him having multiple years of eligibility, if you were to land a Dylan Gabriel, I think that kind of gives you some time to reset either wait until February to see if you can find a prospect in high school that you like, that you think could fit and would challenge the quarterback room or like I alluded to in the recruiting daily this morning, you just kind of wait and, and start pushing towards 2023 because um, there's a, a 2023 target or two that I think Ole Miss is in on. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit covering recruiting, omspirit.com and affiliateofon3.com. Thanks for filling in on short notice, not Jarkel Joiner. Yeah, man, anytime. Um, like I said, we uh, get a busy afternoon plan, so this just kind of worked out. So this is uh, just Good timing, uh, just great uh, instincts by uh, by you. You could have just said bye. It'd have been okay. Now i got to end this podcast awkwardly. Bye, Zach. Bye, Ben. <laughs>